Just before dawn on November 14, 1963, the Isla Vortu had set a bottom-long line off the southeast coast of Iceland. Most of the crew were below decks, resting up before they retrieved the line and unhooked the cod. But the engineer noticed a strong smell of sulfur as he finished his morning coffee on deck. He checked the wake of the vessel. There was no sign of sewage, no cause for alarm, so he joined the other men below. Half an hour later, the cook on watch noticed the ship starting to rock as if caught in a whirlpool. Dark smoke rose above the turquoise surface of the sea. He yelled down to the skipper, all hands now awake, they looked to see if there was a ship in distress nearby. But they saw only a plume. 400 feet below, the seafloor trembled. Then the tephra, ash, cinders, and lapilli, rock fragments about the size of rabbit pellets, spewed up from the ocean, dwarfing the fishing boat. Smoke from the explosion rose 500 feet above the sea surface, once blue, now greenish-brown. As the tephra column reached a height of more than two miles, it became obvious. The crew had set their gear near a volcanic fissure. There were no fish on the line when they finally pulled it in from the boiling sea. By the next morning, a new island had risen 33 feet above the surface of the North Atlantic. The island continued to rise about 200 feet per day in an uprush of magma, cinder, and ash. And within a week, the eruption column, white by day, pink at night, reached six miles into the air. Flashes of lightning creased the sky. Inhabitants of Jaime, the only town on the Vestmanire, Iceland's Westman Islands, reported seeing glowing embers on the horizon as seawater entered the new crater. Six large earthquakes rattled the town. On December 6th, three French journalists took a speedboat from Jaime to the new island and stayed for about 15 minutes before an eruption chased them off. The media attention in Iceland and abroad got people wondering what they should call this new landform. For a moment, it seemed that the first person who had set eyes on the new island, the cook, Olivor Vestman, might be honored by having the island named after him. Olafsey, Olaf's Island. Others in Jaime preferred Vesturi, West Island. Icelanders take their names very seriously. The government still has final say over acceptable baby names in the country. There are no Lucifers, no Ariels. So the Icelandic government convened Ornafneneft, the place name committee, to decide. The choice was announced on the radio, and soon after, one of Olivor's shipmates found the cook cleaning up in the galley, dishrag in hand, on the verge of tears. They gave it a terrible name, he muttered. Sertzi. The committee had turned to Norse mythology. During Ragnarok, the prophesied end of the world, the giant Surtur will bring fire to fight the god Freyr. The lava vent was a lethal red with water boiling all around it. So the committee called the new landform Surtur's Island, Surtsey. Westmond Islanders, angry at not having been consulted, sailed to Surtsey's shore and erected a sign with the name Vesturi. Surtur responded by pelting the islanders with pumice and mud. No lives were lost. Surtsey stuck. In its first year, Surtsey expanded at 30 cubic yards a second, adding an area almost as big as the Great Pyramid of Giza each day. 
The lava plain was a glistening black with ropes of hot lava unraveling toward the sea. Sigidor Thorarensen, a professor at the University of Iceland, was the first volcanologist to land on Surtsey, about three months after the initial eruption. He and a few fellow scientists were collecting geological samples along the shore when they noticed water spouts in the ocean. Lava bombs crashed into the water and started falling around them. Each one up to a yard in diameter, the bombs landed on the beach with resounding thuds as the wet volcanic sand boiled beneath the red-hot lava. Under such circumstances, there is really only one thing to do, Thorarensen recalled. Suppress the urge to take to your heels and endeavor to stand still and stare up in the air, trying not to dodge the bombs until the very moment they seem to be about to land on your head. 